0: that's really our secret sauce, is that we engage the donor. We're not just your typical kind of boring point of sale device, where you swipe your card, it says how much, you want to leave a tip, and you're done. There's an engagement factor with DipJar. And in terms of where we're going, that's really what we're trying to bring out.
1: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host Chris Antuono with Currency Cloud and today I'm happy to have Chris Sellin from DipJar. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Yeah, it's really good to have you on. And just so for our listeners, uh, you know DipJar today is a platform for cashless, friction-free donations to allow companies to accept uh, donations, both in digital aspect. But, you know, if, if you could, Chris, to start off the show, to, for our listeners to give a, a background about yourself and what led you uh, to lead the charge at DipJar. Sure.
0: Yes. Um, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. So, well, my background is I've always kind of been the Northeast-based between New York City area, where I originally was from, and Boston, where I've lived for quite a few years, these days. But, you know, I've been, I've had a long background in tech, a lot of it being in sort of software, big data, but also did some work in, you know, touching on the payments industry. And I knew some of the investors in DipJar, basically. And so about a year and a half ago, I was actually working for a Bay Area-based company, spending a lot of time going back and forth across the country, considering relocating to the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, of course, which is obviously a very big region for tech and software and the things I did. And I got a call from one of the investors in this company and said, Hey, you know, we're working with this company that has, you know, it's had some transitions, been around for a bit, but um, the business is actually starting to do really well right now. And they need a CEO. And would you be interested? And it was based in Boston where I was still living at least part of the time. And, you know, again, I already knew some of the investors. I got to know some of the team and I was just really impressed with the passion of the team. I think in particular, you know, the product and what we do, but also it's a very mission-based company. And it was very apparent, like the first time I walked in the door, that the the folks at Jar and it was a smaller team at the time, it's a somewhat larger team now, but they really, they were here, you know, obviously to have a job, make money, but they were here for kind of bigger mission as well. And, you know, I, I can sort of get into that later, but I was really, really impressed by that. So I decided to come aboard. So, I joined in November two thousand and eighteen i've uh, been here I guess a little less than a year and a half at this point, and you know it's been a great run. The company's been around a lot longer than that, but we can get into that in a moment but uh I'm really happy to be here at the company and I'm really happy to be here with
1: yeah, I appreciate that and you know that's uh it's an exciting journey as you I'm sure being in the tech space, you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of different products, a lot of different innovations, and then you know going to the the payments world or even being part of it and seeing this side of it. You know, if if you could just explain at a high level the product set for Jar and, and the mission that you're out to, to achieve, and then we, I guess we can dive in deeper, uh, the specifics from that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so the company was founded way back in 2012, although I guess maybe it's not that far way back, but what, seven, eight years ago, I guess. I don't know, nine, yeah, I guess eight years ago. Uh, way before me, obviously. But, you know, it, it was started with a somewhat different mission. Like a lot of startups, there's been some pivots. But the original idea for what the door was supposed to be about, as the name would suggest, if you think about it, was to basically be a digital tip jar. So the initial business model for the company was really centered around tipping and gratuity. And in particular, in the type of markets where you had, uh, not necessarily low-skilled, but lowly compensated, highly tipped type people, Coffee shops, pubs, and also if you kind of mentally rewind to 2012 and what was going on in the payments world, clearly at that time use of cash was plummeting, use of cards was skyrocketing, but we didn't necessarily have all of the sort of payment we have today. You know things like uh, the Apple Pays of the world and uh, you know in the Squares and PayPal's. You know it was a different payments market. Right, there was a lot more use of cards happening. There was a lot less use of cash, but we didn't necessarily have all of these new forms of payment. So, so the whole idea for the Dipjar was to create a pretty simple system. And, you know, there is there is a physical Dipjar. So, people often think of Dipjar as a device, but these are connected devices. They connect to the back end. So, this whole platform, and, but well, when I talk about Dipjar, I always talk about us as a platform, as a uh, donation platform. I sort of hinted at kind of what we pivoted to, but initially it was a tipping platform, right? It was devices or the back end that would allow people to go into a pub or a coffee shop and easily tip the bartender or barista because it it wasn't always so easy to do with your card back then. And it wasn't always even available.
1: Was that a separate transaction at the time? Just to take it back that I think we're so used to now, you know, swiping a card and having the option to add a tip. Was that basically a separate transaction that was done at the time?
0: Yes. Yes. That was the idea. Because again, it was a different payments market. I mean, back then you had Still, actually, quite a lot of paper slips for when you ran a credit card. You now you had the, the old knuckle busters and such as they call them, right? So a lot of credit card transactions were done on paper. It wasn't always so easy or immediate to leave a tip, like I said, for the bartender, for the barista. So, so the idea was to build a company around tip. So, but yes, a separate transaction, a separate device that was very specifically labeled and identified to, you know, to be for that specific purpose. And you know, there were other use cases as well. There was discussions around putting them in hotel rooms, to, you know, to dip workers, in hotels, or and there, there's all sorts of different use cases out there. We actually have some street musicians still to this day, buskers, I guess is the right word, uh, who use dip jar. And so, you know, we get used to a lot of different places, but it was always about giving. So, you know, the company's value prop was always centered around giving, but it was more centered around tipping in the early days than where we've done now, which is much more around nonprofits.
1: Buttering. Gotcha. Yeah, it just makes you think. I mean, yeah, it's it maybe seven, eight years ago. Uh, even so, but to think that that we moved that fast and not even remember when there was a separate transaction for for just uh, swiping the card, or now obviously tapping and yeah. uh, getting the, the the touch screen to, to make a, an initiative. And so then, I guess that leads me to the question of why the pivot was it basically the the advancement within the the card swipe, or you know, multiple different factors pivot to where you're at now. Well,
0: it was really more of a market pivot. I mean, it was a couple of things you already mentioned. And there's certainly truth in the fact that, you know, as point of sale devices and, you know, pubs and coffee shops advance, now you see a lot of it's it's actually now in today's market, obviously quite easy to leave a tip along with your transaction, right? We've all done that when we're buying a cup of coffee or something else. It's pretty simple these days. So So the market for standalone tipping devices really never Materialized into a very big market, and also remember, you're we're also talking about history that predates me a little bit. So I am talking from company lore, but I wasn't necessarily here for that entire time. But the net net is, I think we can all see today that you know the market for a device that just does tipping. I'm not saying there's no market. Like I said, we still we actually still have quite a few tipping customers, but it never really became a very big market in and of itself. Um, so that was thing number one, and you know, thing number two was that. Just found the market, and it was sort of by sort of by intent, but sort of by accident, where the product was better accepted, and the economics were also better. Let me talk about economics for a second. as Well, you know, one of the things about tipping, of course, is they all tend to be generally small dollar transactions. And the dip jar, for people who've never seen one, it the dollar amount is changeable, but it requires basically kind of logging into the back end through a web browser. There's a little bit of a lag, so usually it's set up to be kind of a single amount. And, in the tipping case, it's usually a dollar two dollars three dollars um and it's usually on the low end that a lot of the tipping you know dip jars were set up to dip for a buck. There's an organization called Dollar for Port- Portland that still uses this for dollar tip, but you know for anybody who knows the credit card industry and kind of how it operates, and I think most of the most of the listeners to this podcast do. The economics of doing small dollar transactions through physical credit cards in particular you know in sort of card present environment aren't that great. I mean the transaction fees, the interchange, you know those fees eat up quite a bit so the economics weren't that great for small dollars, so sort of combining two things, what was happening over the years was you know people would walk into a coffee shop and see the charm and be like, "Oh, that's really cool. I should use that at my school or use that at my church or use that at my foundation or, you know, maybe bring it to, you know, the booster club this week. And so we started selling devices to nonprofits. But the other thing we found about nonprofits, and a lot of the early nonprofits, particularly were small nonprofits, mm-hmm. but the other thing about nonprofits is nonprofits aren't looking to get a dollar or two or three. They're looking to get dollars, hundred dollars sometimes. Um, Zipchar actually goes all the way up to a thousand dollars. So, you know, so the economics are much different. You know, so a few cents interchange isn't going to eat up a lot of the profitability with the nonprofit. gets in that case. So the economics are better, uh, the market's better. And, you know, one of the things that the company really did right, which, if, again, if you've seen a dip jar, you know this, and it's kind of hard to describe it verbally, but it's kind of a unique device. I already mentioned, you know, it's kind of got this prominent, like, it's there for a dollar, it's there for 10 or $20, uh, but, you know, that's very prominent. If you've ever used one, You'll notice that, you know, when you actually make a donation, it lights up, it makes noise, it makes kind of a happy success sound. And the result of all that is kind of engaging. And so what happens is there's really a, you know, I always say there's a virality, if I'm the right word, but it's too hard to say, but, you know, giving begets giving. So when people see giving going on, it incents them to give as well. So when what customers started finding when they use DipJar, say their gala event, we do a lot of work with like, you know, we just came through the holiday fundraising season where, you know, nonprofits are showing events. They're bringing the donors in and people are like hearing the sounds, seeing the lights, seeing people kind of like, oh, that's cool. You know, hey, look at this. And, and it brings other people in. And in a way, and I'll, you know, I like go off on a whole nother tangent here, but we can hold it for now. That's really our secret sauce is that we engage the donor. We're not just your typical kind of boring point of sale device where you swipe your card, it says how much you want to leave a dip and you're done. There's an engagement factor with tip jar. And in terms of where we're going, that's really what we're trying to bring out. So, so what we found was our product really served nonprofits very well. And what nonprofit customers started to find was when these tip jars go to alternatives, they raise more money and because it drew other donors in. So that's kind of where we're really targeting.
1: And that, and that's just like a seamless transition from what you guys uh, have had as a product and just fitting it into a different lane that was just organic. It seems like, you know, I could I could already see it and picture it at a, a non-profit event. You know, as you as you make a donation, there's an emotion to that. Um, and then physically, there's an emotion and then it kind of gathers, uh, you know, uh, other interest and in, in engagements off of that just organically, it seems like. mm mm-hmm.
0: Yep, exactly. You know, so just a side story, one of our best customers, it's actually, and I don't know if you've ever been there, it's a sea turtle rescue hospital in Florida called Loggerhead Marine Life Center, where basically there's veterinarians, it's a nonprofit hospital. And when sea turtles get caught fishing line or have some issue, they they come in and they basically help them out. Well, it's on, I'm trying to remember the beach, it's not in Florida, but it's right on the beach. And what happens is a lot of families go in there too. And when people walk in, there's dip jars right there in the entryway. And oftentimes what happens, you know, it's both, and in a lot of organizations that I can't remember, Loggerhead does this. They also encourage donations. You know, we're a nonprofit, so please donate. We don't require an entry fee, but there's also a lot of families there with young kids. And somebody once mentioned to me, you know, it's a way for kind of dad to look like a hero, right? As well, when the family comes in off the beach and the kids want to see the sea turtles and see the doctors helping the sea turtles. And, you know, leaving a donation is something that, you know, there's, there's a little bit of familial pressure, if you will, um, there as well. So, and it kind of works to their advantage. So, you know, so donor engagement can mean a lot of things. Of course, it could be the gallow where people see things going and somebody else giving and I should give too. But there's a lot of things that factor into it. But as, as mentioned, you know, giving begets giving and also just prominence. I mean, one of the other unique things about our our devices is that they're branded. So, you know, so you, you know what you're donating, you know what you're donating for there's messaging that kind of tells you where the money's going. So, and that's obviously set up by the customer, but again, it just makes it kind of a unique experience and engaging experience. And for any number of reasons, like that example, I just cited, you know, it tends to help a lot of our nonprofits be more successful. And so that's why they keep uh, coming back to us.
1: Yeah. and, And you mentioned earlier that you basically considered or term termed as a, as a platform. Could you talk a little bit more about the, I guess, the value within that uh, obviously comparable to a, a device, um, you know, obviously right. in the market we're in now, it, it platform as a service seems to be what the, the, the coin term for a lot of uh, products, but I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, that, because it's a, you know, definitely a key, key uh, differentiator between a, a simple device and a, an actual platform behind
0: it? Of course. Well, you know, as mentioned so much earlier, yes, there is a platform behind the devices, and There's a software as a service platform. And that platform does a couple of things. I mean, first of all, a management platform. So we do have a lot of customers. Most of our customers, perhaps, who have multiple dip jars that they want to manage. You know, how much they're asking for, where they're putting them, how they're doing. Manage your disbursements. And of course, that gets into it's also a payment platform. Now, we're at PayFac. Again, I assume most of the folks on this call know what a PayFac is. Uh, We work with WorldPay, who, as I think everybody knows, was acquired by FIS last year, but I think they still go by the WorldPay name. We've been working with them for quite a while as a partner. Um, So, you know, so certainly manages payments, manages disbursements, you know, helps make sure that everything is seamless and secure. There's a whole security layer. Everything goes through. So, you know, so there's certainly that back end that's doing the payment processing and the management or world pay partnership. We also now, by the way, have a partnership with Banco Payments in the faith-based space. Uh, we started working with them with churches, mosques, and synagogues as well. So we've got a couple of processing partners. But then the other thing that we're doing, and this is really where a lot of our development is going right now, is in and it's really a feature. Sometimes we call it a product, but it's really a feature of the platform. And it's something we call Spark. And Spark is something that probably a little easier to see. And of course, we're on a podcast, so I can't demo it right now. But what it essentially is is a visualization platform that can be utilized in a number of formats, for instance, on a big screen. So, So if you're walking into a lobby of we often talk about facilities-based nonprofits, like a museum or a zoo or an aquarium or an animal hospital, where you know you might have a TV or some other kind of big screen up, where you can then extend the messaging because the dip chart kind of has its own UI. It says you know there's signage, there's printing on the front, there's the amount, what it's asking for. But this is an opportunity to really put some messaging up in a much bigger format. You know, here's how much we're asking for, here's where your donations go. Uh, there's a lot you can do with graphics. You can basically say, you know, for every dollar you give, you can feed this many hungry children or whatever the message is. So it's the ability to kind of put the put the message up of, you know, what we're doing, what we're raising for. And it also updates in real time. So as donations are being made, you know, the donor can see their success contributing toward the amount being raised. There's various ways of identifying a goal, whether you have thermometers or so on and so forth. So you can sort of put that up on the screen. We're also in the process of rolling out now a version of Spark that runs on a more interactive device like a tablet, and we're actually in some cases reselling tablets. But we also this can run on your own tablet or even on your phone if you wanted to, but it's usually more effective in a slightly larger version. And that lets us do things like say, hey, you know, do you want to stay in touch with the nonprofit? Do you want? Do you need a receipt? Sort of sit alongside the dip jar, or you know, do you want to make this a recurring donation? Uh, Would you like to stay in touch? It's all voluntary. We don't, unlike some other payment mechanisms, automatically collect, for instance, email address, which oftentimes the nonprofits want. I mean, almost always, you know, our customers want that, but the donors don't always want that, right? The donors don't always want to be, sometimes donors like to give anonymously, and that's actually one of the reasons DipJar is successful. So this is totally optional, but this does give way for the donor who wants to stay in touch, needs a receipt, wants to make a recurring donations wants to learn more, so we can put Spark in a more interactive format in a tablet or something like that. It can run on a laptop. It can really run on just about anything. that runs a modern browser. So it's really ramping up the donor engagement by making it more visible and making it more interactive. So the Spark feature of our platform is something that you know our nonprofit customers seeing a huge amount of success from. There was actually a predecessor product, a product called Dipcast We were selling for a while, but that was actually a physical device Found that we have so much more flexibility from just building the features. We ended like uh, DipGas last year, but we're now transitioning the customers who bought one out the Spark platform. And Spark can run really anywhere you can run a web browser. And so you can put it in a the display. There's a couple of aquariums, for instance, um, Georgia Aquarium, St. Louis Aquarium, uh, a few others where they have these actually built in displays where they're taking donations for you know, safe sea coral, save turtles, those sorts of things, that I mentioned before. Or you can have it in a lobby, you can have it on a tablet. So so we're doing a lot with this platform. This is really where a lot of development is going. Because it's not necessarily just about transacting, although of course the intent of this is to get more donations going, but it's really about engaging the donor in it and it's getting those additional um, donations through engagement and through clear messaging on where your money is going. So so that's where a lot of our development go, is going. And like I said, at one point we've been selling a device, but now we've fully built that into a platform. And that's that's a big reason we really talk about the chart.
1: Bye. Yeah, and you know, giving the control of the of the of your customer to be able to have access to all of those tools will no doubt, you know, create more engagement on their side. Um, but then it also, you know, allows you to get more data points as well to see, you know, where where things are sticking, you know, where, where you guys can invest further in as a business to be able to enhance and get get that feedback and then you know, turn, turn into the product itself. Um, so yeah, really, really understand that. It, it seems like you guys are going down, you know, that right path. Uh, personally, now in regards to your type of client, I know you mentioned you have you have nonprofits as as obviously that you know main focus. You know, now with I guess where we're at in, in uh, modern day uh, times right now, there's a lot of corporate responsibility for for maybe for profit companies. And is there are you seeing a transition there and a lot more demand. For those types of companies to engage themselves uh, for corporate responsibility programs
0: yes definitely that's one of the biggest areas of growth in the past twelve months and you know certainly in 2020 we see this booming we're already involved in a lot of early stage discussions now, there's been a lot of things that have gone on around Tuesday uh, in the past although it was interesting we did an email the other day and we said maybe do another giving Tuesday our <laughs> nonprofits said we don't really like giving Tuesday because makes everything too focused around one date, right? We rather than rather be doing this year round. But anyway, getting back to the original question. Yes, I mean corporate citizenship is certainly, I mean, just globally an issue now, right? It is with everything going on in the political sphere and we're hearing about this every day. The need for organizations to engage their customers and also engage their employees and kind of all of their constituencies in the idea that, you know, corporations need to be a good citizen, right? There's a whole discussion around whether corporations are people or should be treated like people, but NetNet, whether you believe that or not, uh, corporate citizenship is a huge topic. And so support of nonprofits and supportive causes is becoming a huge thing. So yeah, we get a lot of inquiries from corporations, also a lot of inquiries, you know, services organizations and agencies that are working with corporations to help them learn how to be a better corporate citizen and, of course, help them learn how to be a better partner and support nonprofits that they've chosen to work with. So, so yeah, it's a very, very, very big area for us going forward. And, you know, certainly an area we see a ton of activity and a ton of growth. And, you know, I mentioned when I came to DipJar, the engagement of people and sort of passion about the cause that the team had here. Well, you know, you're starting to see that in bigger companies now too. Right. So, and so, uh, anyway, the more we can support that the, the better off everybody is. And so that's an area that's a big area of growth and an area where there's just a ton of opportunity. Um, I would say a lot of it is still in kind of the early talk stage, but there's definitely been some cool initiatives that have launched already. And we're seeing more and more every day.
1: That's really good to hear. Uh, you know, just, just in general, uh, especially around the payments industry, Digitally, there's always been that, that high risk nature of, of nonprofits. And it's, it's really good to hear that, you know, you guys are at the forefront, you know, changing that narrative and, and having that opportunity, uh, working with them for, for charitable causes. And obviously in much needed causes for both nonprofits and for profits to, to, um, to be able to, to be able to, get, to get, get their causes out there. And, and, and you guys are obviously, uh, helping them do that. And so uh, really, really good to hear from your side. Well, Chris, it was really good to connect today. Really good information for our listeners. One thing before we leave, I want to make sure that uh, you know our listeners are able to get in contact with you and your team. What's the best way for us, them to connect with you for a possible partnership?
0: So, well, the best way to connect with the company, just go to www.dipjar.com. You'll see we're pretty active. You know, There's a lot of ways to engage with us on the site. You'll get the little pop-up. Drift. and so people respond there that's obviously if you want to learn about the company somebody if you want to engage with engage with me specifically you know chris.sellon first.last at com. so feel free to drop me a note i would love to hear from you i will absolutely try to be responsive to everybody here i get a lot of email but um i'm always out my email address but i'm happy to respond happy to get it from any listeners to this podcast partnerships are definitely a big part of our model um you know, when I was talking about Spark before, one of the big initiatives we're also working on is making Spark extensible so that we can, you know, have partners technologies kind of visualized as well. We go to a lot of events there's you know, there's a silent auction running alongside the dip jar and we want to be able to show that too. So we've got a lot of kind of tech partnerships, but really any kind of partnership we're happy so drop me a note, I may steer you to somebody else, but I'm certainly happy to engage. And like I said, if you just want more general information, drop by our website.
1: Awesome. Yeah, well I appreciate the time. It's really good to connect today. Like I said, really good information for for our listeners and, and for myself. And so I'm glad we got to connect. It was a pleasure uh, today and hope you enjoyed it yourself.
0: Thanks so much, Chris. It was a pleasure to uh, pleasure to speak with you and look forward to um, look forward to listening to this and uh, hopefully engaging with some of the other listeners out there as well. So drop me a oh, note. Yeah,
1: definitely. All right, Chris, take care.